Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. Thank you all for coming. So, I guess uh, they didn't follow my instructions. I said, listen, don't do anything for my birthday. Let's just... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, we are going to try to have this done by the next service, Reese and Jim. <laughs> oh. I'm very uh, blessed by you guys. Thank you very much. All your kind words and your cards and, and everything. And um, It's an honor to... Well, I found this out. I was at Bike Week for a couple days this week. And I went up to hang out with my youngest son. And uh, we were up there riding and stuff. And I saw this t-shirt. I didn't buy it, but I thought I would because it made me feel pretty good. It said, old bikers don't turn gray. They just go chrome. So, Dad's got a lot of chrome over there. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but great time. I love, I love you guys so much. Um, you're the reason that I'm here. God called me to be the pastor of the most amazing people in the world. And uh, I love you guys with all my heart. Thank you very much. Okay, I got to get going. So, um... We're, we're in the third week, this is the, I don't know, this is, it, yeah, this is the third week, right? I don't know, it's third or fourth week, this of our series, Everybody Spends Forever Somewhere. And the reason we're doing this, I'll just give you a little backstory so you understand why I'm doing this, and we'll talk about the uh, extravaganza. Um, at the beginning of the year, I just had such a burden to, to share heaven and the reality of heaven with you guys, and God put on my heart so heavy that I just, I couldn't get away from it. I didn't really know why at the time, but the more I dug into it, it's, it started becoming clear to me what's going on in our world and the importance of born-again believers letting their light shine, going around and sharing with the people around them that heaven and hell are for real. Now, that doesn't mean you go up to somebody you think isn't going to heaven and point your bony finger at him and tell him, you're going to hell. That's not what it's about. It's about letting people know that God loves them. A friend of mine who pastors a church in Naples, um, his father, who was not born again, um, he was older, he was sick, he was struggling with a lot of issues, and Paul, his whole ministry for 30 years, tried to win his father to the Lord, and his dad was just not into it. Wasn't interested in it, didn't want any part of it. And he got very sick, and they knew the end was coming. And Paul was just almost distraught, because he has an understanding that heaven's for real. And his dad was about to leave this earth, not knowing Jesus. Now, we've talked the last couple of weeks that there's, there's only two places you can go when you leave this earth. It's either heaven or hell. And it's not that we preach hell, fire, and brimstone to scare people. 
but we teach heaven, paradise, a place that God has prepared for us because he loves us and wants to spend forever with us. And Paul was just so distraught. And two days before his dad passed away, his dad was open to it, received Jesus. Paul was able to lead him to the Lord. And now he knows and he has this, this full awareness that his dad's going to be in heaven waiting on him till he gets there. And I can't tell you how much peace that brought him. See, the more you know about heaven, the more urgent it becomes to share Jesus. Because people we love and know. I was in bike week for a couple days. There's a whole lot of people there that don't know Jesus. I mean, and a lot of them even like, they have their, their arrogant shirts about, you know, God's not real or mocking God and, and things like that. And I don't think it's their fault, I'll be honest with you. I think our culture has, has minimized God to such a point. We've cartoonized, we've dramatized, we've, we've minimized heaven and, and, and the reality of, of eternity to where people feel no, no urgency to, to be right with God to accept the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Um, two days after his father passed away, Paul's brother-in-law passed away um, unexpectedly. But he knew he was born again. Why do we do this? Because heaven and hell are reality. We, we have to share because the only thing that we can take to heaven with us is people. I don't care if you're a zillionaire. It doesn't go with you. I, I don't care if you were the greatest anything, none of that matters. The only thing that matters when we get to heaven is do we influence people to follow us there. Um, not only that, I, I heard, from, and this happens, guys, it happens. Somebody at church, <clears throat> their nephew and their fairly new bride went to visit their mother-in-law. When they got there, the mother-in-law was gone. She was laying on the floor. Nobody even knew. It was a surprise. So why do we do this? Because we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what people that are close to us and around us, we don't know they're going to be here. You don't plan, most people don't plan on dying. It happens. It's sudden a lot of times, and it's tragic a lot of times. But the sting of death is removed when we know they're going to be in heaven. Amen? So God has put this on my heart to really drill down on the reality of heaven and I'm going to go over it a little bit more. And the title of our series is Everybody Forever Somewhere. And I want you to hear me. And it's not a, it, it doesn't have to be a heaviness. It can be a celebration. And you don't have to pick up the burden. Oh, my God, I've got to become Billy Graham. You don't. All you got to do is put a smile on your face and let people know what you believe. How? By the way you live more than what you say. You ever have those people that don't look like or act like Jesus, but they talk about him all the time? What does it do? It discredits the, the, the reality of Jesus because you're acting like the world, you're talking like the world, but then you want to preach at somebody, and usually it's from an elevated position, preaching down at them. That doesn't do Jesus any good, and it doesn't help the people you're talking to. Jesus came out of an act of love. I mean, that love is just incredible, and he did it because he doesn't want any of us, the Bible says, God doesn't want any of us to perish, meaning miss heaven, <clears throat> and go to hell. So we're going to dig into this a little bit more. I want you to stick with me. And I want you to realize that I'm not preaching at you. I'm trying to, to get a mental picture in your mind of the reality of heaven. Because the truth is, guys, hell's real too. We could just as much have a series about the reality of hell. But 
I think if we focus on heaven, it will take care of the, the rest because we're going to be so passionate about reaching people around us with the good news of the gospel. He said, well, I'm not an evangelist. Yeah, you are. You're preaching something, whether it's Jesus or something else. Maybe you're a fishing fanatic or a hunting fanatic or you love Scrabble or whatever it is. That's what you talk about. That, that's, that's your passion. You've got a sticker on your car for it. You're preaching. I'm saying just, just kind of put Jesus in there a little bit. When they say, hey, where, where, you, where did you go Sunday morning? I went to church. Why? Well, let me tell you why. And then tell them your story. Don't preach at them. People don't need to be and they don't want to be preached at. People need to hear the truth. Jesus loves them and did everything that needs to happen for them to accept this amazing gift of salvation that the Father intended for us to have all along. See, if heaven's not a big deal, then you don't really understand heaven. And you also don't really understand hell. But if you had a revelation, if you had an understanding of what hell really is like, and if people you love may go there, we couldn't, we couldn't get you to be quiet about it. So that's what we're going to talk about, all right? They're both real places. And because they're both real places, we teach this in a way that, and every message we do, everything that Faith Family Church does is for people to see how to live here. Now, don't mistake that for rules and regulations. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about all the dotes you can't do. You know, and some people have been to churches where all they hear is what's wrong with them, what they can't do, what they're not supposed to do, and pretty soon they just give up and say, forget it, and they walk away. Here, we tell you about the dudes, everything you get to do, everything that God prepared for you, and all the goodness that he wants to pour out on you so that you can experience a little bit of heaven here and be guaranteed to go there. And as we do that, people around us pay attention. You guys know they do. When you get new, who, how many of you ever got a new pair of shoes or a new, uh, new article of clothing? You go out to your friends, they go, hey, that's new. Well, the only reason they know that is because they pay attention. Hey, you got a haircut, didn't you? Yeah, they pay attention. That's all I'm talking about. Just do things intentionally for them to see that you love Jesus and that Jesus loves you. And as we do this, it's going to give us the, the courage, the wherewithal, the, the guts, just live a life that brings glory to God, not brings judgment on people. It's not our job. It's not what we do. It's not what we're about. But we do want them to see the reality of Jesus. Amen? So we're going to dig a little bit more into this. We're going to look at it. And we're going to learn how living here the way God wants us to, not a bunch of don'ts, not like, oh, you can't do this, you know. At my church, we can't go to the movies. At my church, I can't do this. Am I? Listen, you could do whatever you want to. And honestly, you're going to do what you want to. People who don't do things because of religion usually do it behind closed doors. So you do everything you want to. We're just trying to show you better things to want to do that will bring more joy to your life and bring a bigger witness to your life for those around you. Make sense? So as the Bible talks to us, and, and I'm, I'm probably not going to get to it today, but I want you to be ready for it because so many people have read their Bibles or really don't read their Bibles a lot, and they really have this warped idea about what heaven looks like. They think there's a bunch of little fat angels floating on clouds, you know, and, and everybody's just sitting somewhere like in this daze, like, uh, you know, that's not it. Heaven, ta the, the Bible talks a little bit about heaven, but what it says is so powerful if we'll just 
kind of unwrap it a little bit and see what's going to happen. You're, you know, in heaven, we're going to be using our faith to do incredible things. You know, our faith isn't just for here. We're going to be using our faith. We're going to be in positions of authority, the Bible says. And who knows the rest of creation? I mean, you look up in the sky, how could we be the only plan that God has? Oh, you're saying there's aliens? I don't know if there is or not, but I know God's not done. His creative power and his creative force is going on. And he's going to use us in that for eternity. So let's, let's be ready. Let's spend some time getting to know what heaven looks like, understanding how, why we would avoid hell. I mean, it does tell us enough to know which one to choose, right? I mean, what did we learn last week and the week before? God, good. Devil, bad. Heaven, yes. Hell, all right. So, I mean, it, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. If hell's anything like the Bible indicates that it is, we don't want nothing to do with it. It's a place of torment. It's a place of, of just this never-ending eternal stench, pain, torment, separation from God. It was never created for man. The Bible clearly tells us that. It was created for Satan, the devil, and his fallen angels. But because man rejects the gift of salvation by rejecting Jesus, there's only two places you can go. It's either heaven or hell. You say, well, why would God send you there? He doesn't. You choose. We get a choice because of what Jesus did for us. You choose whether you want to go to heaven or whether you want to go to hell. That's the bottom line. Well, how can I choose heaven? Accept what Jesus did for you. That act of love, that scandal of grace where he came, lived a perfect life, died the death of a sinner to pay the price for mine and your sins. That's, that's what it is. You accept that. You're open to it and you accept that. You say, well, how, how could I end up in hell? By saying, no, thank you. It's not that God is up there and he's mad at you and he's, he's angry and he says, get out of my sight, get away from me. It's that you didn't accept. You didn't accept the gift that was given on your behalf. Once we understand that, we don't have to work to get to heaven. We don't have to pay to get to heaven. We don't have to deserve to get to heaven. We just accept the gift of heaven by accepting Jesus Christ. Amen? And as we do that, it kind of changes the way we look at the world. It changes the way that we see things around us. And like I said before, I'm believing God, and look, we're pretty full today. I'm believing God for two services. We're, we want to do an earlier service. Why? Why do you want to do? Because heaven and hell are real. And the more people that come here and receive Jesus, there's less people that end up in hell for eternity. That's the only reason. It's more work. I don't really like more work, to be honest with you. I don't sit there and say, man, I just wish I had more to do. I don't. But if it gets somebody to heaven, I'm, willing to, I'm, I'm in. I'm ready to jump in. This is where you guys come in and say, me too. And what we do is we let our light shine. God will open the opportunity for you to let them know what you believe. And then they make a decision whether they want it or not. You don't, have, you don't get a gold star if they accept and a demerit if they don't. That's not on you. God just wants you to be the calling card so they can see how much he loves them. Amen? And that's what we're talking about. And that's what we want to kind of unpack today. And I, I'm, I'm telling you that... When Jesus rose from the grave, and, and a lot of us, we, you know, we have such a hard time even imagining what that would be like, but when he rose from the grave, the Bible says he defeated death, hell, and the grave. He was victorious over them. They had us. 
we had no escape, like Pastor Chris said this morning. We had no escape. But because of what he did, now, openly, just because of unconditional love, it's available to us. But you know what? Jesus isn't still walking around. He's not walking along the, along the Sea of Galilee. He's not showing up in Lantana. He's not walking down a city place and letting people know about him. He said, I'm going to go sit down and let my church, my body, I'm going to let them do that now. That's all we do. We just we put a smile on your face. It's one of the best witnesses you could ever do. First of all, people get suspicious. What are you smiling about? <laughs> what are you up to? And if you act like it's a secret, they'll listen. Come here, let me tell you. You know, and then you tell them, they're like, oh. you know, just don't be real religious. Don't carry a Bible this big around with you. You know, how you doing, sinner? I just want you to know your address is hell. God's mad at you. That's what I thought growing up. I thought God was mad at me. I thought there was nothing I could do to get him to love me. And I basically ran from him, you know, Highway to Hell. That song was written for me. You guys don't know it, but that was actually written for me. Not really. Some of you are going, wow. <laughs> but because I felt rejected, what is your natural response when somebody rejects you? You reject them back. You're not going to hurt me without me hurting you. If you don't like me, I don't like you. You ever in school like that girl or like that boy? And you know, and you're sitting there thinking, oh, okay. Get up the nerve, write him a note, hand it to him, sitting there all nervous, watch him read it. If they read it like this, you go, what do you do? You know? But if they read it and put a smile on their face, you're like, it still works, you know? <laughs> the problem is so many people think God rejects them, so they reject him. And you know, you ever see like on the news and stuff, not so much anymore, because I don't believe most of it's true, but anyway... Um, get the truth, get the real story. <clears throat> We're the ones who deliver the real story now. God loves you. I love the guys who, you know, well, you don't know what I've done. I don't need to. I know what Jesus did, and it's bigger than whatever you did. And he loves you enough to do it for you. You just got to receive it. How many of you, uh, just, just, just so you see, how many of you thought, are you say the words, well, if I go to church, the ceiling's going to fall in on me, or the bill, you know, look at this. There's a bunch of people with their hand up. And some of you probably would have been if it wasn't for Jesus. Don Newkirk's place didn't have a chance if it wasn't for Jesus. When he first started coming to church, I'd kind of watch it to make sure. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but Don was a professional sinner. He was. He, he was very good at it. Uh, and then he found out that God loved him right where he was. And he found out that no matter what he did was not bigger than what Jesus did. And that he had access to God and the love of God without being perfect. And how many years ago was that, Don? Huh? 21 years ago. And he's been serving God. He's one of the people that show up here during the week and they'll work for hours and days. And when we first came here, he worked for months. No pay from the church. Just giving his heart back to Jesus because he accepted what Jesus had for him. When God gets your heart, it changes you. And it affects the way you live your life. Amen? Yeah. So you guys with me? Yeah. So know this, if you're born again, you're bound for heaven. A lot of people think, oh, well, I'm going to hell, there's no hope. There's always hope. The Bible says if there's breath, there's hope. So if you have a friend, and I don't care how demonic they've been or what terrible things they've done, if there's a breath, there's hope. 
So everybody that's breathing, we should let know that Jesus loves them. If they're not breathing, don't worry. It's game over. Because once your body stops working, your choice is made. And that's the important thing that we have to understand. Let's get to them before they stop. Let's get the good news to them. Let's live a life that exemplifies what it means not to be perfect, not to be super spiritual, not to be really religious, that exemplifies what it's like to be a child of God. Imperfect, by loved by a perfect God. And it, it, it goes a long way with people. So why do we want to have two services? Why do we want to... Um, I just shut my tablet off. Why do we want to do the things that we do to let people know that God loves them? Because heaven and hell are reality. Amen? So I want to welcome our family online. Everybody just say welcome to them. Good morning, everybody. I want to say a prayer this morning as we get started. Father, I thank you right now for ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive everything that you have for us. Help us to to catch that revelation that will enable us to go out and to touch this world for your glory and for their betterment. Father, we thank you we could take authority over any distractions. We bind those right now. And we are all yours for the rest of this service. And Father, we thank you that it's your anointing that makes the difference, opens our eyes, prepares our heart to receive your word preached today. It's in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Praise God. So let's see. Why are you not? Okay, here we go. So heaven and hell is reality. That's why we want to do what we do. And that's why we want people to know that Jesus Christ loves them right where they are. Amen? So why do we do it? Because everybody spends forever somewhere. Everybody. Anybody you look at their eyes, they're going to spend forever somewhere. Even the people you don't like. Even the people that annoy you. Even the people that voted different than you, they still are going to spend forever somewhere. So it's our ministry. Our ministry. Say this, my ministry. Let's be lame today. My ministry. No, say it like you mean it, like God's listening and Jesus is looking. My ministry ministry is to let people know know heaven and hell hell are a reality. And Jesus did the heavy lifting for everyone to get there. Amen. All right, now let's do this. Let's turn to Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to get started today. You say, what do you mean get started? (laughs) So Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, it says this in the Amplified Bible Classic Edition. It says, and set your minds and keep them on what is above. Remember, we talked about heaven. And we talked about there's, there's three levels of heaven, the first heaven, second heaven, and third heaven, but they're all above. And remember, the third heaven is where God's habitation, it's where his throne is, it's where Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit's on earth, he's with us all the time, he's everywhere, and, and of course God is omnipresent also, but his manifested presence is in heaven. And we need to let people know that, we need them to see, but it says, set your minds on and keep them set on what is above. The higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. Now, does that mean you become like, you know, oh, I I don't think about that. You know, what are you going to have for breakfast? I don't think about that. I'm only thinking about, don't be, you know, there's a saying, don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. We're supposed to be relatable to the people around us, but it's talking about our priorities. It's talking about where we put our focus, what what we think about, because we're just, we learned last week, we're just... We're just passing through this life. 
we're not citizens of, of the world anymore. We're now citizens of heaven, the Bible says. We're pilgrims passing through. We're, we're, a, group, we're, we're, we're a group of pilgrims who are here for a great purpose, we saw last week. A great purpose, and what is that? To let other people know about heaven. And as we keep our minds on heaven, we don't get distracted by the things of this world. Because how many of you know the things of this world can take your eyes off God? And they can pull your heartstrings, and before you know it, church becomes something you used to do, not what you do. And I don't know about you, but there's been so many people over the years where, you know, they're, man, they're on fire for Jesus, they love Jesus, but then they started getting distracted, allowing things of this world to become their priority, to keep their focus. Nothing wrong with enjoying life down here. God made this world amazing. We should enjoy it, but we keep our focus mainly on heaven. Why? Because that's where we're going. We're heaven bound. And as long as we keep our eyes on heaven, it keeps us on the right course on earth. Not do's and don'ts. Healthy. When Chris was little, he, you know, he was a handful, I'll just be honest with you. Can we talk? <laughs> but not a handful like he didn't mind. He was great that way. I mean, he's very obedient and stuff, but he was always going. He was always climbing something. He was always running full blast and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I celebrated it. And I remember one day he was, you weren't a whole lot older than, uh, than uh, Jack, maybe, maybe six months or a year older than Jack. And we lived in Jupiter on a wildlife preserve. We had those real tall palm trees, the really tall, or pine trees, really tall behind our house. And I swear, I just had him out there for a second. <laughs> but I turn around, I hear, Dad, Dad. And I look, I think at that time it was Daddy. I look. And he's like 40, 50 feet up in this tree. And he's waving and stuff. And I said, Chris, hold on. Hold on. And I went back in the house. I got my video camera. And I walked back out. <laughs> and I videoed him. You know, I was pretty proud of it. I said, wow, look at this kid, you know. And uh, he's up there. And then I told him how to get down. And he was fine. Yeah, I might be a bad parent, but that's okay. He's okay. So, but anyway, he got back down. So what I did was I surprised my wife when she got home because I took the videotape out of the recorder and put it on the TV. And I go, babe, look what Chris did today. And she's, oh, look, you know, he's so excited. So I turn on the TV, she freaked out. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't believe you let him do that. You know, I said, well, I, I didn't technically let him. You know, why didn't you stop him? Well, I didn't know that's what he was doing. I thought he was playing out there. But he, he climbs over everything. When he first started riding a two-wheel bike, which was, Three years old. He started when he was two and a half, but at three years old, I'm bragging on you a little bit. We had some bigger kids in the neighborhood, and they were too afraid to go over a ramp. Well, here's Chris, three years old. He gets a ramp. I'm watching from the front window of the house like this. You know, I'm looking out there. I'm thinking, that's my boy. He pedals as fast as he can on this little bitty tiny bike. His little feet are going. He goes over that ramp, nose dives, face first into the dirt, gets up. He's got grass and dirt all in his mouth and his teeth. So I run out there. I go, Chris, you okay? He goes, I got to go faster. <laughs> and that has pretty much been his life, you know. I got to go faster. But I didn't know I'd start telling you that, to be honest with you. No, we have to keep our eyes on heaven. And you know what? I pray for my kids. I'll be honest with you, one of my sons right now, he's, he's not interested in church. He's not interested in God. You know, he's going or has gone the other way. But I'm living a life and I'm believing God that God's going to show up in his life one day where he can't deny the reality of heaven. 
and he'll make a decision to come back to Jesus. You say, well, that's your child. Yeah, when he was in my house, he was serving Jesus. He went on mission trips. He loved God. When he went out into the world, he didn't keep his mind on things above. He got distracted by things of this earth, and it's pulled him completely away from a relationship with God. That's why it's so important. It can happen to anybody. If it can happen to a preacher's kid, it can happen to anybody. So we have to keep our mind on heaven. We have to keep our mind on the things above because there is so much stuff that left to ourselves will completely go off the rails. But this is, this is a warning. It's not a don't like God saying, don't you do this, don't you do that. Oh, the reason I started telling you about Chris was because we had to stay on him because he'd be, you know, like you know why parents tell their kids, don't run with those scissors? It's not because we're like, going to have any fun. <laughs> no, we don't want them to fall and have a scissor sticking out the back of their head. You know, we do it for them for their good. When God says don't do something, it's not to steal your fun. It's to keep you alive. It's to keep you going in the right direction. And at church, when we say let's, let's live the way God wants us to, let's live as citizens of heaven, it's not so you don't have any fun. I have found, and I was an expert at trying to have fun without God. And most of it I didn't remember. I woke up with hangovers. I woke up places I didn't even know where I was. I mean, I, I was with a lot of people I shouldn't have been with and did a lot of things I shouldn't have done. And none of it ever really brought me joy. When I was inebriated, I thought I was having fun, even if I had to call my friends, hey, what happened last night? Okay, but did I have fun? That's the most important thing. If you can't remember it, it's not worth it. But the thing is, I now have more fun than I've ever had I enjoy life more now than I ever did when I was doing it my way. And I get to celebrate walking with God every single day of my life. And it brings me a joy that helps me get through the struggles of life. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, preachers have bad days too. Ross, we were talking about this this morning. He says, you might be faking it, but it always looks like you're doing good. <laughs> there are days where it's not a good day for me. There's days where things happen and I'm down or I feel overwhelmed and stuff like that. But if I'll take my eyes off of those things and I focus on Jesus, my Lord and Savior, and everything that he's given me and made available to me, suddenly those things shrink as I make my God bigger. That's why we praise and worship before we go into service. We let the world's problems get smaller and we praise and worship our God till he gets bigger. And that's what helps us face life, Right? And see, this all happens once you understand and realize heaven's for real. We need to learn how to live here, and we want to show people how to get there. Amen? You with me? So we've got to keep our minds on, on things above, not, not get distracted um, by things down here. Heaven is virtually, based on what the Word says, indescribable and incredible. The Bible says that. When, when, when Paul went to heaven, when, when John went to heaven... They talk about there were, there were things that human words can't articulate. They saw things that they could not even put into words. It was so incredible. See, incredible means hard to believe. So just as incredible as heaven is, so is hell. If we actually knew what hell was like, it would freak us out. Incredible means hard to believe. Heaven and hell are exact opposites. As good as heaven is, hell is that bad. Exact opposite. And what God wants us to focus on is the things above and to celebrate the gift that's been given to us, a permanency in heaven with God himself through the sacrifice of his son Jesus. 
And he wants us to be focused on that so we'll miss this incredible place. Incredible meaning hard to believe. It's so terrible that he doesn't even describe it to its fullest to us. It's, it, it's hard to believe just how bad it really is. But he wants us to miss that and accept this other place that is just wonderful. It's a place where we fellowship. And here's the thing. In heaven, there's, there's, there's things in heaven that are here. You know why? Because the same God that made heaven designed the earth. And we're going to look at that next week. I'm going, to, I'm going to go through and list some things that are found here and found in heaven because you can see God's style when you look out of the world. You know, Chris and Nicole, they like to travel and they've been to some incredible places. Jared and Shannon, they, they travel and they've been to, and you know, I've gotten to travel with them uh, different times, motorcycle trips with my dad and seen just some incredible things. And you have to understand, this was all made, this is, this is really where we were supposed to stay forever. We were created in a garden. It was beautiful. The Bible talks about a paradise. And God says, I'm going to make all things new again. We begin in the garden, and those of us who are Christ followers are going to end up back in a garden of paradise. There's going to be a new heaven and a new, a new earth, and we're going to spend eternity there. But we have to stay focused on the fact that heaven's for real. Heaven's for real, it will determine how you talk to people. If heaven's real to you, it will determine how you act towards people. You know, I'm not talking about, well, you got to go to church, you got to give your money. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the way you conduct your life. When heaven's real, other people see it. And it changes the way they see this earth and they see God because they see something in you that it's hard to explain. You ever have somebody come to you and say, what's going on, man? You're different now. It's because it's hard to explain. It's hard to put into words. But they see something that's not normal to them. They see a little bit of heaven peeking out because you've got God on the inside of you. Does that make sense? You guys with me? So we talk about this and we, and we realize it and, and understand that, yeah, paradise is coming. But for us, we know it's there. But we realize we have this great purpose. We talked about this last week. We have this great purpose here on earth. Our life has purpose. Our life has meaning. And what God wants us to do is he wants us to see that. You know, in the first century, jeez, in the first century, I love talking about this. You guys come on over. We'll talk about it later. No, just kidding. In the first century Christian, now this is back when in the Colosseum, you remember they used to make sport of throwing Christians to lions, and they had gladiators, just horrible stuff. And these Christians would, would be just martyred in front of people for their entertainment because they were Christians. Now, thank God here in this country we don't have that. So you don't have to risk getting, you know, imprisoned or, or executed because of what you believe. There are some places that do. And a lot of us, we've gotten so comfortable with the freedom of Christianity that we don't understand the importance of us living it out loud. You know, the largest um, church growing right now, born-again believers right now, is in Iran. Which, if they get caught, they're under possibility of execution. They get beat, they get in prison. But there's more people turning to Jesus and getting born again under that pressure than there are here in the United States. That's sad. But you know one thing? Now, he's not a friend of mine, he's an acquaintance. I have met him. He has a church in Russia and this is what he said. He goes, you know what? He goes, persecution, he goes, it can't stop the church. Persecution will never stop the church. 
He said, but I'm not sure that the church will survive prosperity. Why? Because people don't have to use their faith. They're not having to stay focused on the God that's, that's providing them, strengthening them, enabling them, directing them. And, and listen, I don't like hard times. I don't like tough times. I don't like problems. I don't like pressure. But what that stuff does, it will turn people towards God. In, in, in the absence of that stuff, the only thing that will turn people to God is you and me. And right now in our world, we don't have bread lines in, in our world here. You know, things might be getting a little tough financially, but it's nothing like it's been in other worlds. We have to remember that we're the calling card. We're the one that can show them that heaven's for real. Amen? And as we do that, I want to close with this. It's, uh, in Rome, there's a place, it, it's called the Catacombs of Rome, and it's underground, and it's where they, the Christians first hid when they were about to be martyred. Uh, and then it actually became a burial site for the Christians down in the catacombs. And it, it, you can travel and, and go there right now. But these first century Christians had such an awareness of God and, and the fact that there was a heaven to gain that they faced the challenges that we can't even imagine. And they did it with, with this certainty that no matter what happens here, I've got heaven in my future. And in, in one of the places, I just want to read this and then we'll, we'll close for today. But this inscription is actually um, on the wall there. Where is it? Oh, it says this. It says, in Christ, this was about a man named Alexander. It's written on one of the, the burials underground in the, in the catacombs of Rome. In Christ, Alexander is not dead, but he lives. One who lives with God, he was taken up into his eternal home. These people were hiding for their lives. They were, they were under threat of being executed or used in the, in the Colosseum. But they had such faith that they were willing to face whatever this world offered because they knew that Jesus was real and there was a heaven to gain. There are people now that are in gangs and things like that that they think there's no escape. They think if I try to escape, I'm going to be murdered. I can't, you know. I have helped kids get out of gangs and I've sent them to other parts of the country so they can get away from it. There is hope for anybody, no matter where they're at, but it's up to us to show them. Amen? Heaven's for real. And we're the calling card to show the world that. I didn't get to do that much, I'm sorry. Um, I, I get really excited about this stuff, and I want you guys just to kind of, if you will, ask God to show you this next week. God, show me the reality of heaven. Show me how to present it to people around me. Use me, because our extravaganza is also going to be an open house. We're going to invite people to come check out the church. Grace has uh, partnered with us and given us permission to do this, and we're going to count on you to share this church, these grounds, with people in your life so they can come and be touched by the reality of heaven, the reality of Jesus Christ. Have, um, Easter's coming. And I want all of you to be thinking about who can I invite to church? Right now, more than any time in, in history, is the last statistic I heard, people are open and they're actually wondering why their Christian friends are not inviting them. Because if it's real to you, why don't I matter that much to you? So let's just think about it. And you don't have to save the world, but I guarantee you God's going to put at least one or two people on your heart that says, you know what, they need me. And I want you to be the calling card to reach them. Amen? You guys with me? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.
Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for the reality of heaven. We thank you that our way has been purchased for us through your Son who gave everything so we might receive everything. Father, your word says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And for those of us who have accepted him, we say thank you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, for those of you who are here, you do not know Jesus, but you now have an understanding that God loves you. He's not given up on you. He's not mad at you. He's not disgusted with you, but he loves you. And he has sent us into your path so that you might know him. If that's you, whether online or in this room, I want you to raise your hand and say, yeah, today's my day. We're going to say a prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you. We're all going to say it together. I'm not going to call you down front. This is between you and God. If you're at home, go ahead and raise your hand because it's a point of contact for you to say, no, that day, March 12th, Pastor Mike's birthday, I received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And you hold on to that because there will be times where the world challenges you for your faith. And you can say, no, no, I remember that day. I raised my hand. I said that prayer. That's a done deal. Amen? So if you're here today, you want to receive Jesus, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to look around the room. Anybody here, you say, that's me, Pastor. Today's my day. I want Jesus today. Anybody? I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? Come on, I know there's one more. I know it. Anybody else? Come on, we're not going to embarrass you. I I just, man, I got this. Is it you? I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to try and talk you into it. But if it's you, I encourage you to raise your hand. I don't care if you've been in church your whole life. You've never actually opened up and let Jesus come into your heart. Today's your day. I see your hand. Amen. For those who raise their hands, let's all say this together as a family. Father, today, salvation is mine. He who the Son has set free is me. I receive Jesus, and I receive you into my life. Hell has no hold on me. I walk in the victory purchased for me by the sacrifice of your son. In Jesus' name. This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.